Please note, this episode contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Amazing. Excellent. Well, this is a lovely way to do a Tuesday. In fact, it's a lovely way to do Valentine's Day. I actually thought about that. I'm spending Valentine's Day with you more than I am with my boyfriend right now. <laughs> Listen, I can't promise you that it's going to be good, but I it's appreciate a wee, it. A wee Galentine's Day, it's nice. I like a wee Galentine's Day. Hannah Morton, thank you for being on the Bra and the Brief. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. It's so lovely to meet you, albeit virtually. Yes. Although yes. now you're in the club, I feel like, you know, bra brave people keep popping up now in real life, which is lovely. I'm like, I keep meeting people that I've never met in real life. I'm like, oh, you're that tall. There, yeah, yeah, we life. actually do sort of know each other. So we have had a conversation, but it does feel, I think after the pandemic, it sort of feels a wee bit more like, yeah, cool. This is how we talk to each other and blah, blah, blah. But I think if you did this beforehand, people would be like, why are you doing that? Like, that's a bit crazy. <laughs> but, um, I'll, will be totally transparent you kindly slipped into my dms yes i'm having to be this person that i'm not usually uh, i'm doing the big self-promotion because i have a show that i uh, i did i did write all by myself uh, i wrote and i'm in it and it's really funny and there's a bunch of other girls in it it's called sad girls club and so therefore like we did it at the fringe and it went really, don't get me wrong, really well and stuff like that. But this time around, I was like, I want to be really smart about how we're doing this. I want to contact, like, funny women. I want to contact groups of women. I want to get in touch with cha- charities that do stuff for women. Because it's, it, as it says on the tin, it's Sad Girls Club. And it's pretty much a wee A meeting for sad girls to come and, come and talk about what they're really sad about. It is a play so don't don't worry if you come and see it. You don't have to get up and talk about your innermost trauma or anything like that. It's a, I was just like, who would want to come and see this? And I was like, so I'm just caught, like, I'm literally slipping into everybody's DMs. Me, like, me, I want to come and see it. I'm going to be there. I'm so, I'm so gutted that I missed it the first time round. So, uh, you know, when I was, th- I was thinking about talking to you and I was getting excited and looking at all the stuff online and I'm loving your branding, by the way. You're all over it. Like, you're Thank feeling you. life. Trying my best. Oh, so good. Um, what what initially inspired the idea for you writing this in the first place? So uh, it's pretty much like my auntie said this, that she came and saw it and she was like, Hannah, I think I've just read your diary. And I was like, yes, you have. Um, so what ex- <laughs> inspires a lot of women to put pen to paper is uh, a bastard uh, cheating on you and breaking your heart. And I, so it was pretty much a time in my life. I was, I was with this guy. I thought, I thought it was everything. We'd moved in with each other, and I found out he cheated on me, and I had to move out, and all this sort of stuff. And I was devastated, like I was on my knees. But I realised that I was actually okay with being sad. Like I was actually like, I was like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If this is the worst thing that's happened to me, then my life's been pretty good. But I do know that I need to like move through this and I need to just be sad for a wee bit and blah, blah, blah. But what I realised was 
it was other people that were uncomfortable with how sad I was because I would just burst into, we'd be having like a fun time having a drink and I'd go, oh my God, what's he done to me? And then I'd get up and go for a dance. Do you know what I mean? And so that was an interesting thing. And while I was feeling this way, I was working in this restaurant and there was two other lassies that I was working with who were sort of going through different stuff, but not like not feeling great. And we would all meet up and we sort of unofficially called ourselves Sad Girls Club as a joke one day, because we would meet up, we would have the best time. We would have the best time, we'd drink wine, we'd have a laugh. And then if one of us did cry at one point, you'd be like, all right, okay, that's fine. You're crying, I'll have a cry now, she'll probably have a cry now, and then we'll get another bottle of wine. Like, so idea that sort of just like was niggling at me for ages and even when I, I think when I actually started writing it I was with a new boyfriend and like life was going great my, my current boyfriend actually uh David Ferguson five years mortgage yeah I've pinned that down um, <laughs> but he like oh, like I was like just going this is so interesting like that this has all happened to me and this is maybe the funniest thing that's happened to me because you just mm-hmm. ended up in these stupid situations because you were so sad or so heartbroken that actually you you could laugh at it at the same time. And so it's, sort of, it's like a weird, but trying to get somebody to a show that says Sad Girls Club on it when you go, no, it's a comedy. It's dead funny, I swear. No, but you've just totally sold it in the sense of like, you just want to be part of that group, that, that initial group. Like when you talk uh-huh. about it, everybody needs that. And I think what you said about being sad and like crying is totally legit like you know it reminded me of Gavin Oates who's um a writer and an amazing speaker that I've had on this podcast before and he in his book he talks about I think he was talking about anxiety and he was saying basically it's like like going on a bear hunt so I'm not going to steal that because it was totally Gavin's analogy but you mm-hmm. can't go over it you can't go under it like you have to go through it and uh-huh. it's all right like basically it's all right to feel your feelings and it's all right to cry and I guess if you delay those things like they're going to come out somewhere oh, or yeah, another that, at some point I- fully realized that I couldn't but I've never been a bottler like not a bottler as in like oh she bottled it like I've never been able to bottle emotions like heart in my sleeve to a point where like you know what I mean like I had a bunch of guy pals at that point as well who I think just didn't know how to deal with me because I would just go like because I they'd go how are you and I'd go not good not good to be honest and they'd go here's your dinner (laughs) Uh but they'd go you're not supposed to fucking say that you're supposed to say you're fine and go and cry in the shower right no we're not no we're uh not but that was the point but that was it that i sort of went actually i can't do that that makes me feel worse i'll just feel this way and then it was all like it was just like it sort of then like put on this chain reaction of of thoughts and speaking to different women and stuff like that that you go like Actually, that's the way that women are sort of told to be. As as much as we are dramatic and we're over the top and we cry all the time and blah, blah, blah. Actually, we're probably making ourselves a lot smaller than that situation actually is. Do you know what I mean? Like you're making yourself smaller and you're going, oh, sorry, I didn't. Oh, sorry, yeah, I did cry and blah, 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 blah. Well, actually, like, we don't have to do that. So that was sort of the, the sort of premise of the show is like, these girls are allowed to come to the... Uh, I'm using the phrase safe space, but it's not really, um, we're not going accidentally woke, if that makes any sense. Like people keep being like, oh yeah, it's about mental health and it's and it's about the safe space for women and it's about this. And I go, well, I, but you also don't have to put those terms on it for it to be all of those things. You don't have to go, 
I'm writing a play about mental health to actually be talking about mental health. And so it's sort of, it's, a, it's like a fun, safe space to be able to, like there's points in the play where like, they'll go, oh, what does your sadness look like? And another one of the lassies will turn around and go, fuck off. That is the most arsey question. You could fucking, and then you go, no, no, tell us, tell us. And one of them will go into a big analogy and go, well, I think it's like this. And we'll go, nah, that's shite. That's shite. Nah, pick another analogy. Whereas like in real life, if somebody was going, and this is what my sadness looked like, you'd go, oh, does it? Blah, blah, blah. Even though there's that Glasgow bit in your head of going, oh, for fuck's sake. Although I'm sure I do know some people that. Not this <laughs> I, I'm thinking a, of certain people who will be remain nameless. That's a really hard thing to say. Remain uh-huh. nameless. Um, yeah, I can think of people who would say <laughs> you're talking mints. I like, and I think that's the thing. Like, so we oh, took but... it to the Edinburgh Festival first, and all I get told living, it, I've lived in the East End of Glasgow my whole life, is you don't sound Glaswegian enough. You don't sound like you're from the East End. You sound posh, right? As I went to like a rough high school in, in the East End of Glasgow. So it was always pure, aye, Hannah's posh. And then I went to Edinburgh with a show. And so all I've got told that I'm really neutral. And we get, like, stopped sometimes and be like, oh, you're the Glasgow girls. And I'd be like, Are? one of the girls is, what, there's four of us in it, other Hannah, there's a Hannah Sutherland. She's from Edinburgh. But we were still getting called the Glasgow girls, and I couldn't quite piece it together. And then I think I realised the play is, like, quintessentially... Glasgow girls, Glasgow women, the way we're talking to each other, the way we're going, nah, fuck off, like that shite, blah, 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 blah. It's really Glasgow, and I never realised that until it, posh Edinburgh folk were pointing it out to me. Well, I mean, we're that badge of honour for sure. Oh, 100%. But that's why I'm, I'm actually, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm scared at the same time of putting it on in Glasgow, but... It's a bigger venue this time. It's more seats. It's it's a better. It's at like Friday, Saturday night, half seven, sort of party time. We are Glasgow audience attached to it, and I'm like, if we can make this work, if we can get enough bums on seats and get all the women with a glass of wine in their hands and blah 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 blah, then it's going to be great. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you could change the world. <laughs> it's going to be revolutionary. So the other women that are in the play with you were, were they the original cast? From the beginning? It's interesting. So I wrote it. The pandemic hit. Uh-huh. So I had women in mind before the pandemic. And I was sort of trying to like have loftier plans for it of being like, maybe we could get Orrin more involved, a wee like sort of one hour thing, or like maybe I could get someone to, to buy it off me almost because I've done so I've I do a lot of projects off my own back my own money, like, don't get me wrong, I've been really lucky, like my mum's been able to help me, I've got pals who have been able to finance it and all this sort of stuff, but it is, sometimes as a writer or as a performer, you're just sort of going, can someone please give me some money for this, like this would really help me out, I, yep. I need to pay my mortgage, but so I had really lofty plans for it, I sort of had women in mind, pandemic hit, and so it obviously got shelved for like a couple of years, and then because it got shelved, I started, uh, I sent a couple of the sketches to, well, I cut it up and made it in sketches and sent it to BBC Short Stuff. And they picked it up, which was great. Of course, I went, amazing. Now I was in charge of filming it and paying everybody and doing all that. And I was like, I've never done this before, but 
did it. So I ha- I've had like a couple of different iterations of cast in it, just whoever was available, getting it out there. But then the girls that we've got now, so we've got Amy Clark, we've got Emma McDougall, we've got Hannah Sutherland, me, Hannah Elizabeth Morton. I like it. I like to throw in Elizabeth in there. Do you know? Fancy. Do you know? I meant to check that. <laughs> and I, I just stacked the Elizabeth, just like, and it's such an important name. It's my mum's name. It's God. everybody's mum's name. Everybody's so sorry. name. No, it's not your fault at all. Because <laughs> it seems. It depends what I'm in. People use different oh. things, but it's honestly... Yeah, sometimes people are like, why are you giving me my Sunday name? And I'm sure like getting them all their middle names and all that. So that's why I didn't see it. No, it's there's some other lassie in oh, equity yeah. with my name. So I Who had to change Who it. Who is she? I know. Well, I've never found her. I've never ran past... Moonlighting is you. Uh-huh, exactly. But I was like, right, so I have to add this middle name in. I mean, it's and then no, Thank you. But then nobody bloody uses it because... They don't know another Hannah Martin or whatever, so I'm always trying to shoehorn it in to be like, yes, use you, the middle name. You shoehorn it in a wee. <laughs> I will. It makes me sound fancy. I'll even put well. it in the title of this podcast. <gasps> Look at you. Thank you So, so there much. you go. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the four girls, and it does seem like this time round, they are the sad girls club, if that makes any sense. So we had and our you first wrote first... this solely on your own? Yeah, pretty much. Don't get me wrong, like, there's been a lot of, like, influences since then. So we had our oh, first rehearsal back for the comedy festival since doing it for the Fringe. And I couldn't find my script. And I was like, oh, I'll print another one. And then I went, actually, there's no point in printing another one because it's all changed. It's not, not all of it or whatever. There's, like, still the plot and everything. But we sort of... I'm, I quite like when actors... I write a lot of rambly stuff because, as you can tell, that's how I talk. Uh, but it's your pal. <laughs> I know exactly. So I sort of go like, I'm overwriting it for you so that then you can put it into your own ramble, if that makes any sense. So whatever speech pattern you use to then do that. And then also one of my really, really good pals, Daniel Cullen, who's done a bunch of shows for us, he directed for us. He was our honorary sad girl. And the reason I got a man in, I usually won't get the man in, but the reason I picked Dan is Dan uh, Dan usually directs like pantos. Like I've done loads of kids' pantos with him. And I was like, it needs that energy behind it. Like panto is like in my head, like an art form. Like you cannot get better than like a Glasgow panto. And I was like, that's what it needs. Like, because if it's not that, it's just four people in a room talking to each other. And I was like, it needs that sort of sketchy style of instead of being like, okay, we're going to do this. If you're going to if you're going to stand up, you need to jump up. If you if you're going to move, it needs to be choreographed and blah blah blah. So Dan was really really good at like coming in and sort of doing those things with it. I mean, don't get me wrong, we, <laughs> the amount of times like you'd be like, is there a reason for the girl to say that? And we'd be like, yes, there is because this is how girls actually think. And like, oh. stereo, oh, always. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I've just been like, you are yes. wrong. <laughs> but it's good to have that sounding board and obviously yeah, someone that you've worked with before, that you've got that relationship with, that you trust their judgment. Like that's all really important. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're building something, especially when it is your thing, it's your baby, you're you're bringing people pick- into the room that are like going to take care of it. And I picked Dan as well because sometimes in a rehearsal room, if you don't know everybody, you sort of go like oh yeah, do you want me to shake? Oh yeah, we could cut that. Whereas like me and Dan will go a bit head to head and be like, I'll be like, no, I'm not cutting that. 
and he'll be like, no, you have to. I think that's the, I think you should do this. And I'll be like, no, like, he's the only person that I feel like I would actually fully tell to fuck off because I'm just, like, because he's my pal and we love each other, but we wind each other up so much. He does my absolute head in and I'm sure he'll say the exact same about me. But I do think that's why we keep working with each other is because we will go, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. But it's for the common goal of like getting this thing on on its feet and it's the best version of it that it can possibly be. Do you know what I mean? And like even when you were saying you're you know, giving the other actors that opportunity to see it in their own the, the way that they would phrase it, it's like then it's the most authentic it can be when it's on its feet and it's on the stage and I guess audiences then can relate probably quicker to something if it comes if it sounds like it's coming naturally, if it's it seems conversational. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's it. Like Dan sort of started started pulling me up from my like it was maybe I didn't take it as a personal attack, but I could have because he started being like, I I think I've got real distinct like speech patterns the way I say things and stuff like that. I'm I'm dyslexic as well, so like I think there's a way that my brain processes things, and oh, I think like I started to take like little tricks of writing quite a lot when I started out. And so he like turned to me one day and he was like, I have never heard or seen someone use the word therefore so much in my life. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he would look at my, like, I would write these huge, massive monologues and everything. <laughs> I'd go on these huge rambly bits and I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. So therefore, that means this. And therefore, if you think about it, it means that. And therefore, and I was like, but Dan, I actually want all those therefores there. But it was that I was then like, for the girls who obviously we're all different characters, we all can't sound the same. So I was like, yes. chuck all the therefores out if you want. <laughs> I'll take them on. I'll, I'll take double the therefores. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I get it's a, it's a fancier word than like. I mean, most people say like all the time, so including myself. That's the joy of editing this podcast is me just editing all my likes. So, and I was like, and she was like, and I was like... <laughs> Yeah, you get in a loop and then what did I used to do when I was younger? My dad used to go middle. It was a, oh, it was pure heavy like. Pure heavy like. And every, it was a joining word for everything. And I was pure heavy like that and she was pure heavy like that. <laughs> I was never that needy, but it like sort of somehow got stuck in my head. I love it. But that is the, the joy and the intricacy of like words and and conversations and the way that we do, you know, interact with each other and we interact with, our women friends and how we speak about these really like heartfelt terrible lovely joyful moments in our lives like and it sounds like it's a real like celebration of womanhood but also just friendship and being a human being it sort of accidentally became that as well like not to give anything away like spoilers but it's there's a whole sort of bit at the end. So they're like, you know, I'd be like four lassies in a room with each other. You can just be each other's necks all the time. Like of being like, why are you saying that? And da, 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 da. And the play sort of gets like that at a moment. And one of the girls really stops and like, she, she sort of delivers this monologue about, I like, I would throw my bus in, um, I would throw myself in front of a bus for some guys that I fancied. Like, you know, I'd be like, and this, this is how I felt about myself was like, you know I, mean? I was, I was boy obsessed oh, like, he fancies me, right, okay, I'll I'll do whatever I can to get that guy and blah, 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 and get his attention and all this sort of stuff. But when you really, really think about it, your heart sort of belongs to women. If you And I think it was maybe, maybe after, like, the big breakup I had and stuff like that, that I was like, there was these 
there were certain women who were sort of surrounding me and like holding me up. And I never, like, you know what I mean? At the time, I never noticed. At the time, I was going, oh, he's shocked me and I'm uh, desperate and blah, blah, blah. But there was these women, there's also a bit in the play where they talk about how all you hear about from about men is that they're fixers, they're builders, they're problem solvers. Men deal in facts and things like that. But actually, any woman you've ever met has been a builder, a fixer, a problem solver. Like, you're like, <laughs> that's if I was nodding profusely like, by the way, I'm like, I'm going to feel like I'm going to do this. Think about it like when you are tired or scared or stressed. This is me literally quoting at the moment. If you're tired or scared or stressed, or you can't even, you don't know your blood type, or you don't know how to pay council tax, you phone your mum, right? You phone your bloody mum. There's so much stress in this sentence. My mum's listening to this and they're going, yep. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yep. don't get me wrong. Forty years, forty years old, and I still phone my mum like I'm twelve on a my daily mom, basis. She does my bloody nothing. Like honestly, I'm pure. Oh, my mum's on the phone. Like blah 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 blah. Like, but honestly, like it started this new job, and I was pure. It's really scary, mum. I don't have any friends yet. I'm like Hannah. You're twenty eight. Like, <laughs> but on the phone crying to my mum. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't phone my like love my dad. My dad is a pr- proper rock in my life, but I'd phone my mum. Phone your mum. I'm the same. My dad doesn't have a mobile, so I'd need to phone the landline first. <laughs> oh, the landline. And, like and he doesn't like to be on the phone very long, so <laughs> uh, my dad will say he he'll sort the food, and my mum's to do other on the boot. It's a direct quote of my dad quite recently. I'll I'll do the food, and you do other on the boot, and that's basically sums Christmas up my mum and dad for me. <laughs> this is generally in life. My dad just keeps plying me with food, and uh, if I need it, and my mum does other on the boot. <laughs> I love it. Just running anywhere, everywhere. Totally. All the things. Uh, I feel like I'm, I was meant to speak to you at this moment in time, Hannah. Like, this, you're just speaking so much truth in my own life. I'm like, never mind anybody else listening to this. this. I need this. I need this show in my life for sure. And I wonder, like, so going back to the fringe for a second, was it the reaction that you got from the audiences that you had that made you think, oh, we need, I need to do this again. This, this has got legs. This needs, you know, this has got longevity. More people need to see it. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, like, as a writer, you sort of feel like, you know what I mean, like, you do the thing, you've done the thing that you've wrote, and you put it on, and it goes great, and then your something in your head goes, and I think it's because people usually come up to you and go, so what else are you writing? And you go, I just, I just, I just did that thing, like, I'm Can really they just bask in the glory of this thing? That uh-huh. But then that's it that I all I think I'm really sticking to my guns this time and being like, this is the product. And that's a really weird way to put it because that sounds really manufactured and stuff like that. But I'm like, if you have the product, you can just keep putting that out. If you know this works and you know that there's an audience for it. And I think at the fringe, it was an interesting one because we were on in a 50 seater, the world's hottest room I've ever been in. Um, was it in the Gilded Balloon by any chance? Yeah, it was in the wee room in the Gilded Balloon. Oh, no, no, the one right at the bottom. You could like literally walk past it. People Got kept you. coming in yes. accidentally thinking it was the toilet. Also because of COVID stuff and things like that. Oh, like yes. The Gilded Balloon must have been pulling their hair out because every day we had like yet another fan brought in, like yet another <laughs> aircon unit. Like people were bringing like ice and buckets and putting it next to the aircon to try and waft air. We had to change our costumes a bunch of times as well because originally I had like a long turtleneck thing on. And I was like, I'm not going to survive this if I keep doing this. But we had the world's hottest room, 50 seater. It was at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
which was that, like, don't get me wrong, I found them. Like, I would go out to a gilded balloon garden sort of bit, and there'd be, like, lassies who are going, oh, we'll just have a drink and see how... And I'd be like, hi, are you sad? (laughs) Do you want to come to a sad show that's actually quite funny? Like, I was like a one-man flyering machine. I love it. so I would get, honestly, I got my pitch down. My pitch used to be, um, what was it? I'd go like, oh, hiya, ladies. I'm so sorry to interrupt, uh, but you are my target demographic. So I have to talk to you. Like, I'm really sorry, but I do. And then we go, what is it? And I'd be like, okay, some questions first. Um, is he treating you right? And they'd go, no. And I'd be like, is he texting you back? And they'd go, no. And then I'd just slip the flyer that said sad girls club across it. And be like, and be like guys. I think you have to come. Like, I think you, I think you, like, I was like, it's cheaper than therapy. And I think you better, we'll work through some stuff. <laughs> but like, you honestly, find them. And then, or, like, get them in. I like, we would find our audience, we would get them there. But like, you know what, we like, on the random Tuesday, halfway through, you'd get like a sleepy, like, really polite Edinburgh audience. I'd like, that's not to slag Edinburgh, but like half the people there are, aren't even actually from Edinburgh, are up on a wee two. There's a, a bunch of like women in anoraks sitting like really politely. And you're going, no, this is, you're, this is actually a play that you're allowed to be a bit ruckus at. Like you're allowed mm. to be like quite loud and have a wine and all that sort of stuff. And it, so th- there was days that we would have lassies like really like we'd see, we'd see, like there's a line in it where she's talking, so it's pretty much like my character is the one who's been chucked and this is why she's she's made the sad girls club and she's going on a rant about how she found out about the ex-boyfriend and blah 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 and she's like oh and he told me he was depressed and that's why he did it and uh, I go oh just because you've got just because you've got demons doesn't mean you you have an excuse to act like a dick and literally depending on what audience we had in there was women in that audience being like whoa yeah <laughs> So we love that, but see when you would sort of hit out with one of those lines and just get a, like a wee nod, and you'd be like, no, you can't. Come on now. Audience participation. Honestly. So it was an interesting. Did I tell you this is a panto for sad girl? Honestly. So I would do stuff at the start, like almost breaking the fourth wall for them to be like, you can. Like I'd go, like I'd stand on the stage and go, hiya. Like sort of look around as if, and I'd go, no hello and then they'd go hello and I'd be like right okay we can start Uh uh-huh like that sort of thing to be fair though I mean as a performer so I'm a dancer although I'm loosely using that term now because I'm not performing as much but um when I was performing we used to come out and well I used to be a cheerleader like a pro cheerleader and it depended what circumstance you were in you weren't always that welcomed (laughs) they were like who are these people with pom-poms why are they here um but then even in other trips sometimes you know people would just be sitting watching you know not scowling not saying anything negative but just watching but just not whooping and hollering Uh uh and you know you'd come off and I'd be like oh god I hope they enjoyed it and you know we'd have this kind of debrief and then you'd go well to be fair when I'm in the audience I'm not pure going whoa yeah and I'm like Uh maybe I need to do that more because as (laughs) as a performer I want that but as an audience member I'm like I'll watch this lovely thing and I'll clap at the end so yeah sometimes we just need to be told how to like behave yeah, I want like applause signs, like to be like, now you can shout, like now you can. Well, play. I'll get, I'm getting my craft and pens out the now. I'll make what. Don't you worry, I'll come armed. No, honestly, I'm like having pure, fe- not fever dreams about it, but like 
because we're doing it on a bigger scale and like we sort of had like minimal set because it's the fringe and stuff I was like oh what could we get in and blah 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 and it's supposed to look almost like a wee sad party as well like we've got party hats on the whole time (laughs) and I'm drinking we're drinking wine the whole time but like I'm doing I was like I think I saw have you seen the female Pride and Prejudice that was out yes loved it so I'm not I'm not stealing anything but no, no. They, they're like a musical and stuff. We're not a musical. I can't sing to save myself. But I was like, oh, there's an element of that that's missing of like, girls night, we've had a laugh, we've had a cry, now let's have a sing song. And so I was like talking to the girls when we had a rehearsal the other night and I was like, if you guys can go away and think about like what song is universal and everybody knows and we'll do the sad, we'll do the saddy cry stuff at the end. Applause, a thunderous applause, of course. And then Oops. lights up. Hi guys, thanks for coming. Now let's get up and have a sing song. Yes. And but then I was like, I sort of want like a clute, like what they have in panto. Bring in the clute. Honestly, like how could I make this? And how? <laughs> so I think I'm going to be like painting it in my living room or ah, something aye. like that. Well, in the last pa- one of the pantos I did at Christmas, they just had it on like a rod, and they just Roll brought it out. out like, and they rolled it out. Oh, yeah, I might do that. See, I always think this is it. I'll go, yeah, I'll do that. And then it gets like a week before the show and I go, why have I done this? Get yourself a bed sheet. <laughs> honestly, my, boy, my, long, my long-suffering boyfriend, honestly, he comes home. We've been together five years now. So he's he's been through uh, two fringes This is for other shows, two fringes, yes. a couple of pantos, all that sort of stuff. And they've all been very like homemade shows. And he'll come home and I'm like spray painting chairs in the hall and stuff like that. And he's like, welcome to my world. Uh, honestly, like, so we've got like pink, so I couldn't find pink sort of, o- not office chairs. You know those chairs you get in like community centres? That's what we've got. Yes, plastic make it sort of chairs. look that way. But yes. can you get pink ones? No. Mm. So I was like, I'll just spray paint them. Of course, two days before the tech, I'm having an absolute breakdown because I've ran out of pink, ha- a pink spray and like, I can't even mind my lines and no one's helping me. No one's helping. And like literally it's like me out the back lane of our close like spray painting because I accidentally sprayed the whole hall pink pretty much. So I had to like, move move everything downstairs. And you know that way like David's going, we could get in an argument about this, but I don't think I'm going to win. So I'm just going to leave. <laughs> Honestly. Value your life. <laughs> Just get away, please. <laughs> oh, he puts up with so much. Like, honestly, it's something I'll really be like, David, for God's sake. That's it. I've never, I don't really watch Shit's Creek or anything like that, but supposedly I do the. Oh, I don't um, know. I've not watched it either. Oh, no. So, Shit's Creek, there's a cat, there's a sort of a brother sister pairing, and they're very I didn't like. Know that. His name's David, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's the thing. Yes. Supposedly, when I, shout, when I shout to David, I go like, David. And that's what she does in the thing. So, of course, everybody goes, oh, my God, that's so shit's creak as if I'm doing, like, a bit. And I'm like, no, I'm just shouting at my I'm really, no, I'm just actually annoyed. <laughs> just doing my box. <laughs> I'm like, I've never watched You're like, David, before. this is what you signed up for, pal. Sorry. Newsflash. This is showbiz. He, he works in a bank and stuff as well. So, like, literally, he's, like, pure in, in the home office, typing, typing, doing the numbers. And literally, we were using my living room as a rehearsal space because we couldn't afford... We could afford a rehearsal space, but then we were going like, that's just, it's just an extra expense. And it was also trying to work through, so you're asking people to come work for a month and pretty much not get paid until two months after the fringe as well. So we were like, right, okay, so we'll just like work 
in our living room for like when people can finish their shifts and stuff like that but honestly like we had like couches standing up on their ends like behind doors and stuff like that to like make enough space so david david is the long-suffering boyfriend who allowed all this in our in our you home came back somehow <laughs> he cut he came every single weekend to the fringe brought people nah. every time and like is like the biggest fan do you know what yes I mean? david yes that's what he is. Need. He brought, i love it as well he brought like a bunch of like he's like sort of not david's not laddie but like a bunch of these sort of like straight male friends who came along to it and one of his pals afterwards like came out and sort of was like guys I think we have a lot to learn from that and I honestly was like yes like I've got one my work here is done thank you so much <laughs> I was very amazing Just single-handedly educating all the men oh I'll do it I'll do it I'll take it on listen you could be doing a schools tour before you know it well, that honestly, originally that sort of so that sort of where I started doing uh, like school like road safety shows and like all that sort of stuff, and then I was going like it was before like it was like the fully fledged thing that it is, but I thought was like I was like this is like a workshop or this is like a thing that could go into schools to talk to girls about mental health or like blah blah blah, and now with the amount of swear words and sexual content that's in it not sexual content but just talking about talk about willies most of the time um i'm like mm, i don't know if the school boards would sign off on that but we'll see <laughs> but that you know i think it's i just think it's really cool that you're you you had this idea obviously it was born out of a not so nice situation that you had to go through do you know I mean but at the yeah. end of the day like you've taken that that ownership over that situation and you've made this brilliant thing using your talent and your skill and you're you know you're giving other people opportunities other actors opportunities to work which hello we need in this day and age do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that you're presenting this amazing show to all these people that are going to come along and have a great night and and feel connected to some of the stories if not all and mm-hmm. have a laugh and cry if they want and and honestly, like it sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to come. Like, I oh yeah, I'm, bring. I'm, I've got, I've got three hundred tickets left to sell. So bring right. everyone you know. It's going to be a last night. I'm going to put it in the group chat. Oh yeah, this chat. But that's what sure. it seems to like. Seems to be is that like loads of anytime I'm bumping into anybody, whether they're like friends of friends or like acquaintances, they sort of go like, "Oh, you're in that," th-? and I think it's maybe because. The name Sad Girls Club is actually, I've accidentally made something that's quite memorable name wise. Um, so literally, people keep being like, oh, even that thing, whether it's like my bloody mum telling them I'm in it or whatever, <laughs> but like they're remembering it and they're like, oh, yeah, I'd actually like to come see that. I'd actually like to, and I'm like, yes, here is the ticket link. Like, I feel like I should walk around with a card reader, like, just being like, <laughs> thank you, like, thank you for your ticket sale. Is everybody going that's to the thing. It's the pure hustle in it. Like, it is the oh. hustle, and you have to do it. Like, you can't be apologizing for it because you're like, yep, this is how I'll earn a living, and this is my talent and my skill and all my energy that's going into this and other people's. So, yeah, please come. And, yeah, like, I've had to, you know, I think, like, I was far more braver when I was younger in terms of that kind of thing. Like, probably when I was at, like, your age, like, I was mm-hmm. putting on all the shows, and, like, because I had, like, a 19, well, I still do, I have a 1940s, 50s dance troupe, and we were putting on, like, big 1940s nights with bands and, and see when I look back now I'm like 
God, I was pure like gallus, like just putting the, these things on and just making it happen. And now actually I'm a bit like, God, I don't think I could do that. You know, and I don't know if that's like post pandemic or whatever, feeling a bit like, ah, that seems like a lot. But I think you've just got to put yourself out there as, you know, a freelancer or somebody working in, especially in the performing arts. And I think you've just got to just put your stuff out there and see. And people, I think, generally want to see you do well, especially in Scotland. Like, I think people are great at bigging it, you know, other people up and holding them up and celebrating folk that are putting themselves out there. But you do need to shout a bit about yourself before other folk can notice, oh, obviously. You know, really, don't get me wrong. I've probably got about a million people at my high school going, aye, she thought she was funny or something like that. But like I, I do have like so many people who do come to the show I mean I actually said that I've got a funny story about I went to so we're at that age now where a bunch of us are getting engaged and all that sort of stuff so I was at an engagement party of friends of ours of like people we hadn't seen in ages and maybe it was a wee bit awkward just because you hadn't seen everybody and stuff like that and a bunch of us ended up going back my flat was like round the corner and one of our pals like you know we haven't seen him in a while really nice guy comes to see the shows and stuff like that he was like, oh, I'll come back for a drink. And it, it, like, you know, people left quite early. And it was just like him, my boyfriend and me left. And my boyfriend didn't know him that well. And you know what I mean? He must have been really drunk. And I think he thought this was a compliment. But I said something like I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm quite funny. And like I was saying it to get to another point. Mm-hmm. And then he, he really stopped me. He went, no, you're not funny. And I went, what? And he went like, your, your writing's funny, but you, in person, not funny. <laughs> and I literally sort of had to sit there in my own house at like two o'clock in the morning and be like, oh, okay, um, that's your, thank, thank you for like- I you know, this, pal. Oh, but this guy that had known me since high school, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, I might not be like very like, boom, boom, like here's a witty joke or whatever. But I was like, you have came to see like many comedy shows that I have seen. My, my, my words. Uh-huh. <laughs> that like, stuff. But that was, I think he thought he, he was like complimenting my work to be like, no, but your writing's dead funny. But see you in person, not funny. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. And then all my pals were like, did you chuck him out? Did you blah, blah, blah? And I was like, no, because that's as a girl, that's in there as a woman you sort of in situations you just you're the person trying not to make it awkward even though like you've you've been insulted in your own house what I've based my whole personality on is being like a funny quirky girl like oh I'm a bit silly ha 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 and like he's he just was like no no you're wrong and I was like okay would you like another drink? And I was like, oh, no, Jesus Christ. Sure going. Although I'm saying all this, but I would be exactly the same, Hannah, because I totally understand where you come from. Like, literally, if I walk into a space and the mood is off, I'll make it my mission to make it better because somehow it's my responsibility to make things better. I totally understand where you come from. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing that only takes one person to say a, ne- a negative thing and you just pure absorb that and you forget all the nice things that other people millions of other people have said you're like I will remember this one negative thing thank you for that yeah I'll constantly just I turn to my boyfriend and go still love me and he goes yep and I go I'm funny right and he goes yep and then I go okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> he just knows that, that I just need constant See, funny. constant that validation funny. <laughs> that's funny in itself <laughs> Oh, I, the the world and people, goodness me. Well, I'm sure you're going to attract lots of lovely people who are going to 
absolutely love it and think you're hilarious. No, just funny. I hope so. I hope so. On, but that's the thing. To, not on a serious note, but on a more serious note, I truly, truly, and whether it's blindly or not, because it's my baby, I truly believe that. Believe in this. Like I believe that people need to see this, and that's not me bigging myself up. It's probably me more bigging up the the other girls in the cast who are doing it with me and stuff like that. But I'm going. This is important. This is important that you never get to see, but maybe not never, but barely, barely, barely ever get to see four young women on stage at the same time be funny at the same time, be equally as funny as each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not competition. Yeah, women are funny, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not, we don't have to play the sister, we don't have to play the mum, we don't have to play the girlfriend, or more than likely the whore, that usually is one of the parts you have to play as well. Like, sort of, there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, there is a, my man's left me monologue and stuff like that, but it's a different type of thing. It's a different type of, it's like a female rage look at it rather than my life's over and this guy's left me and like blah 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 and even when it does get slightly too much like that one of the other characters will call her out for it or like you know what I mean like maybe that's because that's what I was looking for when I needed monologues in college or for auditions or something like that I really really didn't want to do what they refer to as dead baby monologues which maybe is not the best PC term but that was the monologues that you got in college that were like, uh, my man's left me, I've lost my baby, or I'm pregnant and my man's left me, or I'm a whore. And I'm just, I was like, these are boring. They're not even that good. Like, I ended up doing like silly little funny monologues that I could piece together from shows I'd seen and stuff like that because I was like, you've have, have heard Juliet's monologue a million times. And so I think that's why I've, this show is ram-packed with jam-packed rampacked jam-packed with just funny funny monologues about what it is to be a girl in Glasgow right now there'll be so many people come to your shows that be like I needed this because mm-hmm. and I don't want to bash social media because I love it and that found like we found each other on social media so that's yes. a great, it's a great thing but I think sometimes the narrative that you know especially young women are sold like you need to be perfect and you need to do this mm-hmm. and this and if you do this this great thing will happen to you and you're worth it you know and there's lots of inspirational things on social media too like you know if you seek them out but I guess it's like curating your feed in terms yeah. of like what you're looking at kind of thing and um yeah just like a worry for young people like especially young women coming up and just thinking that you need to be a certain way or have certain mm-hmm. things or do you know what I mean in order to be worthy of anything do you know what I mean and I think it's just uh-huh. more, like real life conversations with real life women telling it like it is um showing the support that you get from having your group of pals around mm-hmm. you like they're like you said earlier on they're worth their weight in gold like I me personally I've got like a solid group of pals and you know we lean on each other all the time mm-hmm. and you know we've gone through so many things together marriages breakups babies like loss all the rest of it and just like it's so invaluable to have that in your life it doesn't matter if it's a big group or a small group it's just those people you can just be your total self with and you don't need to shy away from like mm-hmm. ugly crying and telling them you know your business or whatever like they've got your back oh yeah and I fully today like I was on the bus uh, coming to work and I literally was like I think I went oh like I'll post a little valentine's day post about my boyfriend 
And then I sort of went like, I'm literally preaching all this like women are where your heart is and like women are like women are your support system and blah blah blah. And I'm not telling these lassies that I love them. Like, do you know what I mean? Like so I text all my girl pals today being like, by the way, love like happy Valentine's Day. Like lots of and that I don't get me wrong, I probably had some pals being like, Oh, here's Hannah being emotional again. But I just was like, no, we don't say it enough. And I do, I'm quite good in person. Online, I'm that person that forgets to text people back and forgets yeah. to respond to messages and all that sort of stuff. But in uh, person's the important bit. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm the person that I'll leave a room and I'll go, bye, I love you. Yes. Every single time. And it, I think I just started doing it as a joke. And then, like, I was like, nah, like, these are the people. And whether it's, like, your pal from work or if it's somebody, like, that you're sort of friendly with or blah, blah, blah you probably do love that person like they are in your life and I feel like we don't really not to get too preachy about it but like we probably as much as it's like yeah like powerful women we respect powerful women and like blah 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 sad girls club is quite feminine and quite like we're not doing it ironically we're not doing it to be like you know what we like I think to celebrate that sort of femininity and also be like you're allowed to be messy you're allowed to be messy you're allowed not to have it all together you're allowed to still be figuring it out and be a strong woman at the same time and you can be all the things and put makeup on if you want to put makeup on and be like you know what I mean like it doesn't and I think I even was that like I was that girl in school that was like yeah I'm not like the other girls like yeah I'm not I hate fake tat like my sister's like big hair big fake tan or she was when we were growing up and stuff like that so I'd be like oh my god it's like what are you doing that for male attention like blah 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 I'm so cute but what I was doing was for male attention on the other sides like to be like yeah I'm not like the other girls and that, like sort of the more it's almost like the more you look into things the more you go like oh wait like actually that's still something in my head that's saying that like being a girl isn't okay like it's not it's not a supportive thing it's that like oh yeah like those girls but it's actually like no like Uh uh-huh you're like rejecting it kind of thing rather uh than just embracing like what version you are and what version you are the now oh even like what version you were five minutes ago (laughs) I got into a full thing with like male work colleagues the other day about the science behind twilight and this sounds so stupid but I was like a twy hard. Like I loved Twilight so, so much. It was my existence at one point. And then what happens is because it was like a real female thing, it was like a thing that girls liked, it got made fun of. And so therefore, as a girl who wanted to be cool and not like the other girls, you had to reject something that you loved. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I honestly at one point thought I was going to marry Robert Pattinson like I really believed that that was going to happen and I had to then be like all of a sudden a couple of years later be like yeah I don't like that oh my god Uh, it's so embarrassing everybody likes that Uh but then like now as an adult I'm noticing that a lot more people like a lot of people my age are talking about how much they actually loved it again and blah 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 and they're realizing it was because of like almost like internalized misogyny that you were like if that's a girly thing then you can't like girly things because girly things are not cool like it's the same like taylor swift 
One Direction, ah, yes, anything totally. that girls yeah. are are really obsessed with and love wholeheartedly, not cool because girls like it. But if you, if it's about a bloody football game where guys are crying and punching walls and all that sort of stuff, that's allowed. But if I really think that I'm going to marry Robert Pattinson, just leave me to it. it this is the thing, and like I think it's like that whole thing, like guilty pleasure, and you're like, no, I just like it. <laughs> uh-huh. well, honestly, for and I think that's the thing as well. Like growing up, like. I had like, and it's quite nice when I think about it now. I don't think I had much shame as a teenager. Like, I didn't feel like, I think I realised that I was like sort of funny if I, if I, see if I leaned into embarrassing myself, it was okay. Mm. So therefore, like, I'd be the person that was fair. Nah, I like Twilight, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's sort of this thing that's like learned. Like, I feel, I feel like it wasn't until I was like 20 that I went, Oh, yeah, I should feel a bit embarrassed about these things and I should feel embarrassed about liking certain stuff, but it's all learned behaviour. Yeah. Whereas, like, now I'm sort of relearning that it's okay to be messy, it's okay to not have it all sorted out and you can, can like what you like. Like, and... you can like lots of uh-huh. different types of things. Like, you can like pop music, but you can also be really into one type, like one very specific genre. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you can like it all if you like, you know, you can ditch stuff and come back to it. Uh-huh. But, and you know, and, and I don't want to preach in terms of like, oh, you know, with age and all the rest of it, but I think obviously mm-hmm. you do get to know yourself the older you get. And it's just through experience that you learn, like, God, like, I did do that thing. I did hold myself back or, um, you know, I did kind of make myself feel guilty for liking mm-hmm. something or whatever. Um, and it, you just, obviously, with reflection, you can go, well, what's important? You know, oh, yeah, I just like the things I like and just celebrate the things that I like. But, but yeah, I think you saying that and putting this message out into the world, like, if there are anybody, not just young girls, not just women, and, you know, just anybody in general who's, like, feeling that they need to internalise stuff because it's not cool or not the done thing or they're not being themselves or they don't think they're enough like mm-hmm. that's a piece of nonsense absolutely yes. not stop that now enough of that thank you very much oh and easier said than done is well like, you know what I mean? correct like, it's easy to go yes girls like be yourself be your true self but then like actually doing it is is really difficult You're like maybe i'll do it tomorrow <laughs> I know. but that's the thing like sad girls club like my character i played jamie in it i sort of just like changed the names about slightly but like it, she's pretty much me right she's pretty much me and I was sort of finding it really hard to like differentiate like because it's my story as well it's the way I talk and stuff and I was like oh who is this person and I realized like she's a real narcissist like she's a real somebody who's like really concerned with what's going on in her life and that's the thing like she's she's accidentally done this really good thing of like getting a group of girls together to talk about what they're really sad about and all this sort of stuff but it's actually because it's about her like, do you know what I mean? It's actually because she's because she's sad right now. She's then looking into like, oh, actually, you know, we should we should big ourselves up and blah blah blah. And I sort of like I realized that, and I went, yeah, like she's she's maybe not the most likable character, but that's okay. Like, you don't. It does feel like sometimes, like when women characters are getting written, if you as a woman are as a woman are writing it, you have to write almost like a unflappable perfect heroin type thing Uh because because we don't have enough of them because we don't have enough like strong female women characters you have to write the one that's like flawless but therefore actually like i quite like writing people who are slightly yeah (laughs) garbage people like i quite like 
garbage people who you actually go, oh, but I still like you. Yeah, because we are all flawed. News flash. Hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? We're all kicking about with stuff that we wouldn't, you know, that we don't really want people to see or know, or we don't think people will understand. Or do you know what I mean like we're all flawed? So yeah, let's just let's just all say that. I, I all agree that do you know what I mean, and then we can all move on. <laughs> but that's the oh, issue. Okay. I think we it, we sell ourselves and we are sold a, a story about what what we should be celebrating. Hundred percent. And then like sometimes like I would. I, had a play that I did before called A Work in Progress that was like two sort of characters that were sort of trapped in this situation and I I gave it to like a, a fellow writer and they came back with really good notes but they sort of went like they're not nice to each other they're not likeable people and I like you know what I mean like I went away and I really pulled my hair out about it and stuff like that and I went nah like I like that they're not they're not nice to each other but they're sticking with each other and like not like horrible, but they're like nippy at each other, and they're like, you know, what I mean, like not the best versions of themselves they can be, and all that sort of stuff. And I went, actually, like that's maybe a bit more real. Like maybe in these plays that I write, that like I do like sort of panto style energy at, and like there's loads of wee sort of like almost like sketches in them and cutaways almost. But like I quite like the the, the most real bit of it is that like people are just people and they're flawed and they're they're not going to be nice to their best pal all the time and they're not going to be they're not going to say the perfect thing and they might put their foot in it and like all that sort of stuff I just love 100% like doing this podcast I've been so acutely aware of like you know you you invite people on and you think oh you know you've got these people on a pedestal and they're amazing and they've done so many amazing things and that's all true but then you realise like we're all just the same and we all got our own like similar hang ups or you know things that we worry about that you're like, what are you worrying about that for? Like you're fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and pe- humans are just humans and we've all got our demons for want of a better word, and we've all got our things that we could do better at or be better at or and I think it's cool to see that, you know, yourself on stage, if you like, you know, when you go to something you're like, Oh, I took something away from that and it was just that I know something like that or I'm like that it's good to do a wee bit of like self-analysis <laughs> I think like some people take it at a surface level as well because it is just, like yeah, funny yeah. play and Great. we're not we're not hitting you over the head with a feminist stick we're not going men are trash and here's what don't get me wrong there's there's some of that but I like I found it really interesting like so my boyfriend's parents are like the sad girls club fan club they came like loads of times and like David's dad, like, not bashing him at all, but he's just, like, a normal guy from Kilmarnock, like, in his 60s. And I don't think he was getting, like, the nuance of it. Like, I don't think he was getting, like, pure, oh, and when they're saying that, they're saying this because of X, Y, and Z that women go through or blah, blah, blah. But he was still sitting there going, like, oh, that's funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, still going, oh, that's nice. And You take, oh, and I you, like you take that. away what you want from it. Uh-huh. And I think that's the thing as well. Like also we need to say like uh, boys cry too. Boys are welcome. If you if you Absolutely. feel like a sad boy, the sad girls club, you know, it's it's a gender neutral. Everybody. Club. I was gonna say everybody can be sad. Absolutely. But that's it, like so at the fringe you'd get guys going like, I'm not gonna see that. And you'd be like, mate, boys cry too. Like, it's all right. That's yeah. fine. Uh, gender's a construct in my opinion. Like just we're we are all welcome. Where can people see it? When can people see it? Where can we get tickets? Obviously, they're going to go in the show notes, all the links and all that. But So we are, Sad Girls Club is on the 17th and 18th of March. 
at Strathclyde Student Union. That does sound really random that we're at the union, but it's the brand new sort of union, the venue space it's called. Uh, 160 seater, really cheap booze as well because it's at Strathclyde. So that was a that was a selling point for me. So we're the 17th and 18th of March at the Strathclyde Student Union and we're on for the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. So you can either Google Glasgow International Comedy Festival and find us on there, or you can go on, you can follow us on Instagram at Sad Girls Club twenty twenty three. I think we are. I should know that. I run the social media. Um, we've got our ticket links on there, or if you see a poster, we've got little QR codes on there that you can scan that will take you to the website, like all that. The cons. I know. I made. I made it myself. I was really proud. <laughs> Oh my God, uh, yeah, I, honestly, are endless. I've, it's honestly me just googling how to do things quite a lot being like how do you do that and then maybe crying about it because i've done it wrong then then moving on afterwards so we're fine that, every day's a school day though now you know yeah. how to do it <laughs> <laughs> and of course I'll, I'll put all the links in the show notes so anybody's listening to this they can just go and find tickets there which is amazing the main thing. Just listening to you, I just wondered, like, because obviously you've alluded to the fact that, you know, you did study, so was it acting that you studied? Yeah, I studied acting at what used to be the Nautical College. It's now part oh, of the Glasgow, Glasgow College. I can't forget what it's called. But it used to be the Nautical College. So it was us, it was the drama students, sailors and beauticians all in one building for some reason. Oh, I mean, there's a show. I know. Well, that's how I, I ended up. One of my boyfriends was a, a sailor at one point because it was slim pickings in the drama department, to be honest. <laughs> um, of just effeminate, lovely effeminate camp men that wouldn't go out with me. Um, so, yeah, so I did that and tried to, get, tried to get into the academy a bunch of times. I like would you know what I mean? Like would get like um get like further through, get to the final round, get on a wait list, never quite happened. And so I just sort of like started making it for myself. I got hired off of a like I think the first year out of college, I got hired by a TIE, uh, Theatre and Education. So they're the the shows that come around and go, Don't do drugs and here's a song about it. That was me for like a year of my life. That's where I met Dan, um, who like directed the show, he was producing like wee kids pantos and stuff like that. He he had a company called Kapow Theatre Scotland, and mm-hmm. so I started doing pantos with him. And then then I started sort of realizing I could write a wee bit maybe, and like also like most of it was just the fact that I couldn't get hired anywhere to be honest. <laughs> Which like oh. you say to people, I say it self deprecating of being like. But people go, oh, she couldn't get hired anywhere. But just, I, I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm a strong mover, I would say. But I'm not. And- yes. So I'd, my agency kept putting me up for like principal girl or princess and pantos and stuff like that. And I'd be like, no, I've actually been playing like a wee boy pirate for a while. <laughs> like, yes. I've, uh-huh, like I've been, what did I play? I've played Buckles the Pirate. Funky the skunk is what I'm most oh, famous for. Yes, yes. she's she's uh, in my heart to be honest. I love uh, it. I do like a funky fairy as well. Like everything's a bit silly. Currently, still to this day, I do kids' birthday parties at the weekend. Do you? Uh, I go. So I'm not a clown. I have to preface that. Everybody asks me if I'm a clown. I just go in. I'm myself. I've got speakers and a disco light. So I work for a wee company, and I'm Hannah Banana. And I'm just silly. I'm just silly Hannah Banana, 
who sometimes makes fart jokes and plays <laughs> Taylor Swift quite a lot. And that's pretty much it. I mean, but that's talking about like being a woman in situations and stuff like that. That like it's so interesting that doing kids' birthday parties. See, if you're a guy going in, they used to have loads of guys who would go, and the guys would just be like silly, crazy guys. Like, look at me being crazy. And like the kids would almost be like in a in a fever, like being like, oh my God, they're so crazy. We love them so much. And it got to a point where you'd have to be like, right, stop touching the man, like leave him alone. <laughs> but like me going in as a girl, I really couldn't figure it out. I was like, maybe the kids don't like me that much because it was never like they were up here clinging to me or anything like that. And then I realized the amount of strong women that kids probably have in their lives, their teachers are women, their mums are women, they've got aunties, they've got everything they know not to mess with me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they treat me more like a like a funny teacher, but they'll come up and they'll be like, like, I'll be going, oh, well, create, do a crazy dance move or make a fart joke or something like that. And they'll come up and they'll like pull on my jumper and be like, excuse me, I found a bit of rubbish on the floor. Do you want it? And I'll be like, eh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just sort of, I come home with loads of bits of like, oh. <laughs> wrappers in my pockets and stuff like that. But it is because I look, I like, think about it, like, they just automatically know yeah. that women are in charge. They're like, there's a line that will not be crossed with me. <laughs> we will have fun, but it will be organised fun. <laughs> Honestly, but it's not as if I'm going in being dead strict or anything like that, but no. they just automatically go. They just, they're like, we get okay. the drill, we know what's uh-huh. happening here, this is what's happening. <laughs> but I'm one of these people that, like, I've, so, like, I've, I've got, like, a sort of office job at the moment where I got pretty much the skills I got for that. I, I got from like working in pubs. I was running social media and this pub job that I was working. And then I'm, do, I'm doing kids parties. And the reason I can do kids parties is because I've done pantos. And, and then I, I sort of figured out how to write from all these things that I've done. And I was thinking that today that I was going like, everything that I've done that probably at the time I've went, oh, this is a nightmare. Or like, oh, I'm working another pub job or oh, I got broken up with, or blah, 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 have all sort of, like, came in handy at some point. Yeah. Like, damn it, I have to do that crap thing, and it's handy, and it's taught me something. Jeez, oh. I honestly think that me, when I, the bloody fourth time I auditioned for the Conservatoire and didn't get in, I was just, like, don't get me wrong, the first time I was devastated. I was like, what will I do with my life? I'm not in the Conservatoire. And... I kept auditioning, I kept getting further through, all this sort of stuff. But now I think about it, I go, if I went to conservatoire, I wouldn't have met half the people yeah. I ended up meeting. I wouldn't have figured out how to write. Like, I wouldn't have figured out how to, like, I'm pre- like, it's hard for me to use that word, but, like, I'm technically the producer of these shows as well. Like, yes, you are. I've, I've, I've directed stuff. I've figured out how to film sketches. I've fil- figured out how to edit things. Like, I've... I've don't think I would ever have got the skill set that I do now if I went to the conservatoire and was just an actor. Like, don't get me wrong, I think those actors coming out of that school are amazing, but I think I sort of had had a bit of something else to give. Do you know what I mean? You're a grafter and you get stuff done yeah. and you're honing all these skills all of the time. Mm-hmm. And you're don't a, get me you're wrong, somebody... I cry most of the time that I'm doing Aye, that's things, fine. but that's okay. I get I get it done eventually. <laughs> you get through just yeah. a couple of tears in between. You phone your mommy or whatever. That's uh-huh. fine. Like that. Full disclosure, we all do it as a freelancer in the arts. I totally get it. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like dancing, performing, teaching, spinning plates, writing poetry, doing classes? 
I know I totally get it and I'm still doing it all these years mm-hmm. later which you know I'm so grateful for that I just have the opportunity to still work and do the thing mm-hmm. that I like doing and either will be the jobs you're like woofed right here we go like just get it done and there's other ones that you you know maybe are a bit more creatively exciting but mm-hmm. the th- all these things are you're literally filling the bag with all the skills all the time and just mm-hmm. taking it with you and nobody can take that off you, do you know what I mean? Because it's you. Nobody well, that's it. That. Like, even like the times that I felt like my life was at a standstill and I was working in restaurants and all that sort of stuff, I sort of was doing that so that I could write during the day. Like so that I was like, because you would start your shift at five o'clock. So then I was like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my time? Nothing. I guess I'll go sit in a coffee shop. And write. And don't get me wrong, as much as I slag the ex-boyfriend, that's one thing that I will really give to him was that he was studying and I I was like my shifts would start at five and he was a bit of a he was a bit of a boring bastard to be honest. So he'd always be like, oh like why don't you just come like sit with me while like while I'm studying. So I was like bored. So I was like, oh I guess I'll just like I've always maybe thought I could write, maybe I'll see if it worked. And that's how I ended up writing like my first play. I don't think we're giving him that. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> that was you. That was you. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. The bit, like the conversations I've had in my head of being like, and then I'll bump into him and I'll see him <laughs> and I'll go up to him and I'll go, thank you, thank you for breaking up, thank you for breaking my heart because I wrote this. But in this head as well, I've and then won, the music like, will come in I've, over I've the top. I've won a Tony as well for Sad Girls Club, obviously, and a. Uh, Maybe this is the acceptance speech for the Tony as well. Okay, yes. I will thank, I'm going to thank the guy who ruined my life because my life's 10 times better and I wrote Sad Girls Club. I'm pretty much slagging you off in Sad Girls Club as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all the content. Pretty much you gave me content. That's pretty much it. Listen, Hannah, I think you're just, I, I get a vibe from you. I've never met you. I met you the first time today. I'm getting all the great vibes and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I think everybody should go and see it because it sounds tremendous. You're making it happen. You're putting things out of the world. You're throwing stuff at a wall and see if it sticks. You're working dead hard. You're passionate. You've made a thing that sounds tremendous and more power to you. So yeah, Sad Girls Club will be there. Amazing. I'm excited so, to see you. Well, before I let you go, though, you're going to have to you're going to have to appease me because I do a thing called the Hingamajigs, right? They're just random questions that I started asking people um, when when it, actually this started as a blog, but when it became a podcast, I thought we still need to ask these questions. So mm-hmm. I've not selected them in advance. I'm just going to pick from a random list of like seventy odd questions, a few for you, if you will indulge okay. me. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Okay. So um, here's a here's a quick one: morning person or night owl? Uh... Is there an, a lazy in the middle somewhere? Like a... But there is now. Like I'm going to type that into the phone. <laughs> That's going to be the I next question. Like I'm not doing this new job. So I used to complain working in hospitality that I was up until two o'clock in the morning working in bars. And now I complain that I'm up at half seven every day. So I, I would say I'm a, an afternoon cat or something like that. Like it. Great, you're brilliant at these questions already. There's no <laughs> no pause for thought there, right in there. Um, what makes you cringe? Oh, what makes me cringe? Uh, oh, like red, like guys with red flags. If that makes any sense, like it's like someone who would like a sort of middle aged man who sort of announces to a room like, uh, oh, not to offend anybody, 
and I'm I will literally want to crawl under a table. Like I'm like, no, you're going to offend people. I'm so red flag. That's such a red flag. You know what I mean? It's not like they're run, it's not, run. It's not like they're going here. I'm voting Tory or I love Trump or anything like that. But just you know that way that wee red flag that you're going run away. Like no, yeah, because you're like, like you've, you've said this thing, so now it's okay to say it. Apparently, uh, like, because uh, you've prefaced it where uh, not to offend. <laughs> Pretty sure you're going. Again, great answer all over it. Um. Oh, I have to ask you this one. Karaoke song of choice. Oh, Kesha's TikTok. 110%. Yes. Well, that is a tune. I can do it all. And I usually do it in like a Kesha voice as well. It's really good. I enjoy it. Everyone knows all of the words, but they think they've forgotten all the words. Like they've never thought about it in the last, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. As soon as that starts, Everybody You're knows there. every single word. It's like a I remember it being song. quite popular in dance classes, like I used mm-hmm, to teach like mm-hmm. hip hop classes and all that, and like, that was one of the routines. Oh, so, it's yeah, so good! It's probably wedged in my brain somewhere that you've just unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go listen to it now. <laughs> uh, house coat dressing gown. What do you call it? I think I call it a dressing gown, but I can't. Which like what's the? If you're were raised Protestant, you say one, and if you're raised Catholic, you say another. Oh God, I don't know that. I get slagged all the time with this when I ask this question because I say house coat and people think that sounds posh, and I'm like, oh no, dressing a dre- gown. A dressing gown, yeah, gown that does. sounds posh. I think that's to why me. I'm embarrassed that I say it, but I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's a dressing gown. And then other people's like, no, it's a goonie, and I'm like, no, a goonie's a, goonie, a night oh, dress. No, we're not saying that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> So dressing gown it is. That's fine, mm-hmm. team dressing gown you are. Oh, here's one. Mm-hmm. Which award ceremony slash event slash TV programme would you want to host? Oh, what would I want to host? Aye. Oh, uh, I'm not a Love Island gal. So I'm like, that's out. Is Big Brother coming back? I could do like Big Brother's Little Brother. The one where you, you could. got to like mess about or something like that. Do you remember Big Brother's Little Brother? That was good. Yes. I think, honestly, my mind's went blank for anything else. But of course, I would like to be like, you know, when, like, at the Tonys or at the Oscars, they do, like, sort of, like, sketches in between stuff and things like that. Oh, I think you'd I be could good be, at like, that. See, was it, what was it, Tina Fey and, yeah. oh, the women from Parks and Rec, they they did it. That's it. I would like to be, like, a sort of, like, funny duo doing funny sketches at, like, the sort of Oscars or something like that. That'd be good. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very sad that this conversation's over. I've really enjoyed myself, but I do have to ask you because it's called the Bra and the Brave. Is what mm-hmm. is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, that's a good one. I'm trying to think what I say the most of. Me, and my boy, me, and my boyfriend. Uh, so I've got a an eight year old niece called Stella, um, and she's a bit of a a clipe at the moment, which is a good Glasgow word. But we keep t- turning to her and going, Stella, nobody likes a grass. And I think that's the best. Like just <laughs> calling somebody a grass, calling an eight-year-old a grass is really funny, and we can't get over it. Like you know what I mean? Like she's always here. Ah, oh, but you said this, or like Bethany said that, or blah blah blah. And I go, Stella, nobody likes a grass. And you can just see our wee eight-year-old brain going, what? I don't, I don't, huh? And I'm like, nah, nobody likes a grass. I don't think anybody said a grass on a grass, this. It's even better. Is like. I've not said that one, but I was thinking about it the other day. A grass bag. What did? What does that mean? Oh, mind that. Hi, <laughs> you're up here. Grass bag. Why? Why is that? Why, why? my whole bag? 
but why does that mean a thing? I don't understand. Like, I don't even understand why a grass is a thing, but a grass bag, that's a Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go and Google this now to find out if somebody's worked out why we why we use that. Yeah, I think you might be going in the Hall of Fame. I don't think anybody said that yet. It's a good. I probably don't like. I probably see something every single day of my life that's okay. like a proper Glasgow slang. I can't think of at the moment, but like patched dinghy. That's always a good one as well. Dinghy. That was like <laughs> proper proper chat in my school. Oh, all the good jeans, all the good uh-huh. Well, I'm very much uh, hoping that there'll be some Scots in this uh, Sad Girls Club. I'm just saying, check that script yeah, to make sure more, there's some good I Scots in there. Glasgowisms <laughs> that I don't realise are Glasgowisms, to be honest. Great, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be reading it now going, oh, fuck yeah, that. <laughs> if you can manage to get grass bag in there, you're winning. <laughs> I know, I'll slip it in somewhere, I'll figure it out. Listen, Hannah, I wish you all the best in the coming weeks with all the plans and making this happen and promoting it. And, and I'll, you know, you're in the Brobrave Club now, so forevermore, if there's anything you're doing, please send it my way. Let me know. Oh, amazing. Well, promote. You can be inside the club as well. Thanks. Okay. I've got a pure lifetime membership, I'm sure. Rather <laughs> greeting that <laughs> I managed to do on a weekly basis. But um, no, thanks so much for reaching out. I'm delighted we got to have this chat. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in real life on the stage. Me too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.